Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing another self-care series today on the topic of mom guilt yet again. I think we could revisit this one all the time, a different look and feel as uh, days whip by in motherhood, parenting. Uh, So we're going there again. Yeah. Yes, we could definitely talk about this for hours. But before we begin, just a quick favor to ask if you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they help us reach more people. So we'd appreciate it. Yeah. And part of our self-care series, this once a month kind of dedicated time that we're focusing on a new or a a returning uh, topic of self-care. We were just saying on the pre-roll that life is just overwhelming. It seems that we get almost like busier and busier as the days and weeks and months go on. And that sense of just overwhelmingness and getting lost in the sea of to-dos and worry and anxiety, it almost seems inevitable. And taking this time for self-care. And this is self-care, I think, for us too, Gina's hopping on here. Uh, But this active process of making your body and mind a pleasant place to inhabit by filling your own cup first, ensuring that you have enough to give others. And you've said before, Gina, that it's like, you know, putting on your oxygen mask before helping others. And self-care is a huge topic. So one topic at a time or on bigger topics that maybe have a different look and feel, uh, revisiting. So here we are back with mom guilt because oof, it's a big one. I I can't even, I can count on one hand how many women in my life I've had conversations about mom guilt with just in this past week. Uh, and they all look a little bit different, but they all stem from just this, this really overwhelming place. And So we have some slightly different questions today, and we'll just jump right in here. And I guess mom guilt in and of itself just is this feeling of inadequacy or feeling as though you're not fulfilling your responsibility as a a mother or a parent. And moms from all parents from all walks of life experience this this guilt, uh, which really stems from the desire to ensure that their children are happy, uh, living successful lives, and that they as parents are invested. And so to start us off, Gina, which part uh, do you think your mom guilt stems from more, having kids that are happy and successful or being an invested and involved parent? <clears throat> yeah. Of course, both. But if I were to say which one would I more, it would definitely be the happy and successful uh, part. I I don't know. I really thought about this when I answered this question, but I had this thought in my mind that as long as my kids are happy and successful, and for me, that means, you know, succeeding in school, not falling behind. I guess I specifically think about school Mm -hmm. Uh, and that they're happy, you know, that they're doing things that bring them joy and, you know, they have friends and they're, they have a happy home life. I feel like I'm making it as a parent. Uh, I actually, I don't know. I feel like my bar has been reached as far as being invested and involved. Because like you said, there's only so much time when you have a full-time job. You know, two working parents with full-time jobs. For me and, and for you, two side gigs. Uh, family and friends to remain close with. Meals to cook. Appointments to make. Uh, and then, of course, self-care to keep in mind. 
I could go on and on. Uh, I just feel like I've done and I'm doing my best when it comes to making time for my kids. And I really just don't have any more that I can give at this point. I mean, I probably do, but if I'm being realistic, I, I think I'm, I'm doing my best. Um, I do have guilt though over not being completely present with my kids when I'm around them. So this kind of goes back to the being in, invested as a parent. I feel like I'm, I'm as invested as I can, but this is something that affects all areas of my life where I'm just not always present and I'm working on this, but especially when I'm with my kids. And I've noticed this over the past couple of months where I've just felt overwhelmed by my kids' neediness and sometimes wish they'd finally start to detach. Uh, and I know you've mentioned that you actually kind of have the opposite issue where you feel like your kids are de detaching too soon, too fast. Um, but I just have have mom guilt even over even saying that. But I just find that, you know, the fact that they have this, not a detachment, just anxiety or what is it, attachment anxiety where I, I, I can feel it now. I know there's a name for it. I'm not saying it correctly, but uh, Paige's therapist uh, defined it and I can feel it so much now. And I feel guilty over that bothering me. You know, the fact that they are just so needy still and my mind is sometimes miles and miles away. Uh, but overall, I would say just my my kids being happy and successful is something that's really more so on my mind than than anything. What about you? Uh, it's just polar opposite, I think. I feel really confident that my kids are happy and successful, whatever that means, at ages five and seven. But to date, I there hasn't been any, I'll, I'll say major, there have been concerns, but <laughs> no child is perfect, but no major, major behavioral um or social academic uh, concerns. Um, and you just deleted my box. Oh, did I? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I basically know what I'm going to say, but just I like to have my talking points. Okay, there we go. Um, but I think my ability to manage, retain, keep up with the many details of parenting um, is is where I get lost and the investment or the involvement can kind of wane. And, and we're busy. I mean, you you hit them all or most of them. I mean, we have a pie, right, of time for the day and work takes up a lot of that. Sleep takes up a lot, hopefully. Um, and then uh, hobbies, social, self-care, all of that kind of stuff, you know, just pulls from from that pie. And I have been quoted in saying, if I outsource any more of my life, I won't be able to call it my own. And I truly feel that way. And in a lot of ways, I have immense mom guilt over the childcare aspect of that, because I, I mean, pre-pandemic, I had a spouse who traveled upwards of two weeks out of the month, and I, it was not possible for me to run the house as a as a full time working mom without a whole lot of help. And so we've had um, a daily, or at least a Monday through Thursday, nanny of sorts, like a two to three hours a day for years now. And I had a moment actually this past week that had me just questioning all of this. Our nanny was doing art with the girls in the room next to our kitchen while I was making dinner. I was just racing around, you know, running home from work, squeezing in like the 10 minutes I had for a workout. I'm like all sweaty. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll get workout 2.0 after, you know, this hustle and bustle. I'm making dinner. Okay. The beef wasn't completely thawed because I'd forgot to text the nanny to take the beef. You know, it was just like, I'm sitting there like jabbing at like half frozen beef in the pan, trying to just make tacos 
so that Shay sitting in her all white Taekwondo, you know, gear can like race off to Taekwondo. And I hear them just like in there laughing and playing. And I just had this like ragey piece of me that was like, you're getting the best part of my kids. And I'm racing around like just trying to keep the ship afloat. Like I just Mm -hmm. felt like I was failing in that moment. And that I just it's 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 me. Um, I need to like delegate I, I, I more effectively to really strike that balance of what I actually want. But yeah, I, I think just there's something's off. I, I don't know. Or maybe this is just mom life. I, I don't know. But I I just had all sorts of emotions and guilt was certainly one of them that day as I was, you know, listening to my kids laugh and basically like hanging out with their best friend. I mean, they love our nanny and she's like, you know, big sis type of, and she's great. And she, I'm I'm so glad that she gets those moments with my kids, but I just can't help but think if circumstances were different or I was more involved and invested, could I be having those moments? So I was jealous if, I mean, that would be like the, I, the best way to describe it. But overall, I would say childcare in general is just something that is a part of our life on a very routine basis. We have babysitters at least one time a week, if not two, that are generally putting the kids to bed. And if I have something else that pulls me away from home in the evenings, I may miss three bedtime routines in a week. And I have a ton of guilt over that. Mm -hmm. Wow. That kind of goes back to maybe, I mean, is there something that you could take off your plate? I mean, what are you doing at night? Is it working out, going to hockey? What is it that yeah, one night a week is always hockey for the most part. Um, and I've kind of started to say to myself, because I that is my time, like with my friends to to hang around. The game is one part of it. And then we just kind of hang around and whatever. If the kids are already in bed, I don't have any guilt about staying, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just losing sleep. That's on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if if it's a time, if my game is early enough, like this summer, we do have some earlier games that I can get home and get the kids to bed. Like I I'm doing that. I'm committed because I've, I'm finding that that is filling my cup more to be at home with my kids than it is to, to not Mark and I have got really gotten away from date nights, but I would say traditionally we try and get out either Friday or Saturday night, which is another night of the week. And then like tonight, I know I'm going to an event with a couple of, a couple of friends, um, like a mixology class. So I'm gone tonight. Yeah. So it's just, it's, I would say one at minimum, three at most. Uh, but the average is probably right around that too. You're just a social butterfly. <laughs> I I'm do, the complete yeah. opposite. Yeah. Not that I don't like to be social, but I, I, I don't know. I just, that's just not, I'm not a very social person, I guess. I, I like, I have friends and I like doing things and going out, but I'm just more of a homebody. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I have guilt too because, like, last weekend I told Mark, I was like, we have nothing on the agenda, nothing going on, which is like incredibly rare. And of course, as soon as the weekend rolls around, I'm like, what are we going to do? You know, I like, I can't yes. not do stuff. And then oh. he was annoyed with me for like basically teasing a, a eventless weekend. And then we're sitting around <laughs> with the kids and they were driving me bonkers by like 4 oh, p.m. Mark's like, you need to get out of here because there was multiple, like, you know, this is like, just the season for parties and graduations and birthday. It seems like there's something multiple things going on every single day. And he's like, Mm -hmm. you need to go be with like adults for a little bit. So I have guilt over that. I'm like, as soon as I'm with my kids, I have a threshold. (laughs) That's exactly how I am. Seriously, Nicole, I get home from work after not being with them all day and within 30 minutes, I'm over it. That's how bad it's been. 
Because again, going back to the neediness and the clinginess, and I know if, you know, I've read these books before, they do this as they're, when they're babies as well, but they miss their parents all day long and all they want to do is be around them when they get home. And my kids are still like that. And a part of me, I know I realize I should probably appreciate that because it's not going to always be there. Everyone always reminds me that, but I'm, I'm ready for it not to be. I'm still not ready I, I need to decompress. I need to decompress when I get home. And decompression for me is not hanging out with my kids, if I'm being quite honest. I do have guilt over that, but that's the truth. And I agree with you. As much as I love having weekends that are just relaxed and filled with nothing, you know, two hours into those weekends, I'm like, holy crap, what are we going to do? <laughs> we need we need to build an agenda for the next few days. I love, hate, you know, slow non-event weekends. Uh, there's, you know, obviously pros and cons, but yeah. mainly for me lately it's, it's cons. So we're always trying to fill up our weekends. Uh, <laughs> but usually I, I fill them up with things with the kids, you know, yeah. I'm not, and, and usually when our friends invite us over, it's, they have kids and they want us to bring our kids and it's like helping both of us. Like our kids can play together. Like last night, for example, we went over to a friend's house and um, sure it would have been fun with just the, the adults, but that all a wasn't really possible. And B it was just nice having the kids be able to play with other kids, you know, and and enjoy time with, you know, socializing with kids their age. Yeah, we had a good time. So we have guilt if we're with our kids and we have guilt if we're not with our kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think be, maybe just being more present is is what it comes down to. I don't know. Period. And just like, yes, I don't know. I don't know. OK, what's our next question? All right. Our kids have some con- <laughs> ha- our kids have had some concerns. Uh, with regard to behavior. Okay, that's all kids. But uh, some some behavioral concerns more serious than others, of course. If you were, if you're open to it, um, can you share a recent concern related to behavior that you've had with one of your kids and whether you had any mom guilt associated with that? Either the behavior, your response, the result, et cetera. Mm, mm, all of the above. I would say Cameron, he's been getting just really angry lately. He just can't he doesn't know how to control his emotions, which I mean, he's five. So that is to be expected. Uh, it's kind of similar to how Paige was last year. If anyone was listening to the podcast last year, we went through a whole thing with Paige and we hired a parenting coach that we still use. Uh, but it's not quite to the same extent. You know, I'm not coming home crying every single day or going to work crying in my boss's office. Uh, so Paige was more physical, I would say, uh, whereas Cameron uses language. This that's just not appropriate. Um, and he says just really mean things. And I know he doesn't mean it. And it's so sad because he is the sweetest, most empathetic boy. But when he's angry, he just doesn't know how to control it. I would say, like I said, in all, he's just really struggling with his emotions. And I do have a lot of guilt about this because I feel like, and this sounds like an obvious statement, but he's learned this from Nick and me. Uh, he's obviously seen this behavior somewhere. And while I, I could just say he's learned it from his sister, Let's be honest. It really does come down to me and Nick because Paige probably learned it from us as well. Uh, again, you know, when I see him acting like that, I have immense mom guilt. And I also have guilt just over not really knowing what to do about it. You know, we do bring Terry in every once in a while, but she can't be here all the time. I wish she was just like a little person in my pocket that I could pull out when needed. Um, and in many ways she is because I'll text her, but then I feel guilty because I'm using her time. But She's very kind and usually responds. But anyway, I do also think he, that he learned some of the language that he's found in his vocabulary from kids at school and, of course, on TV. So I have mom guilt over the screen time that my kids get, which overall, they really don't get that much screen time. I'm, I think 
we're probably around average. Like just from some of the friends that I've talked to, I feel like they don't watch that much TV, but they definitely do watch TV. And I don't really monitor what they watch. If I'm being honest, I, I just kind of say, okay, you've got 30 minutes, go watch what you want. Perhaps I could do a better job of monitoring. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the concern as of lately. And I've kind of figured out a way to sort of help him control his emotions. I'm doing the same thing that I did with Paige, where I sort of hold him down. And this is going to sound harsh, but I hold him down so he really can't move. And of course, at first, he's kicking and screaming and trying to get me to let go and saying, I have an itch, I have an itch, blah, 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 you know, trying to get me to let go. And I just keep doing my own deep breaths in and then exhale out through my nose. I just keep doing, I don't say anything to him. If he tries to engage me in any type of talk, whether it's positive or negative, I don't even respond. And then I finally say, I will let go once you're calmed and relaxed. And eventually it will, it'll, it'll take about five or 10 minutes. I can feel his body physically relaxing. And then he'll start breathing in through his nose. I guess it's in through your nose, out through your mouth. I think I said it wrong before. Um, yeah, so he'll start doing that with me. And then we're sort of in tandem breathing together. And then eventually I'll let go. And and sometimes he'll still go right back into his emotion. But usually he's good at that point. And that's what we did with Paige. Now with Paige, it took a lot longer. We'd sometimes be holding her for more like an hour, which I know that sounds crazy. It was like an endurance exercise. And especially at 10 o'clock, <clears throat> it was a little bit rough, 10 p.m. But uh but I think that Cameron also saw that and has helped him just seeing what kind of we went through with Paige and what Paige went through has helped him sort of recognize his own emotions a little bit better. And then I think that's made it a little bit easier for us to be able to handle him with his strong emotions. So yes, definitely mom guilt all around with that. Not sure where he's getting this language, not sure where this anger is coming from. We figured out where it was coming from with Paige and essentially just long story short it was it was a lot of what nick and i were doing so it wasn't really Paige's fault it was a lot of a, a parenting um mistake i would say that you know we didn't understand we were doing and then once we figured it out we you know put a halt to that but with cameron i'm not sure sure what's going on and uh i need to figure that out sooner than later what about you uh, to date, most of our behavioral concerns have been with Shay, perhaps because she's about two years older. But recently I got a friend, a call from a friend. I got a text first that said, hey, can we talk? I And I was like, uh oh. Um, mm. And she was just alerting me to some behavior of Shay's on the school bus at the end of the school year here. And Shay was not only being unkind with like physically like pinching this girl's nose while also covering her mouth and elbowing her um, to reach like lean over and talk to another friend. She was also touching her hair without asking. But for me, the real concern came in when she said that Shay was asking this little girl not to eat her afternoon snack or her lunch and to save it for Shay to eat on the bus. And the poor girl was doing it. She was completely bullied by Shay. And Aww. As a dietitian mom, I spiraled. I was like, where did I go wrong? What is what is happening? Why is is am I underfeeding my child foods that she actually wants? Like and I I really sat down and I just started from a nutritional standpoint being like, am I over restricting or under offering or whatever the terminology is? And I I came to the conclusion that I don't think that's the case. Uh, you know, I we've talked, we've had episodes about not being a short order cook and I refuse. Uh, but there is a component of a meal 
every there I do not offer my children something a meal that I know they dislike everything on their plate. Uh, there is always something that they enjoy. And there are french fries and chicken nuggets and pizza. I mean dessert. These are parts of our I won't say daily life. I mean, but near daily. Um, you know, juice. It's like, I don't know where that behavior was coming from. I would love Terry's, um, you know, picking a part of that. But I just immediately went to this place of WTF. Like, what is going on? And I was upset with Shay, but I, I was more concerned about where that behavior was stemming from. Because that's, I don't think that that's, that's normal behavior. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I have immense mom guilt about that. I, I will say that I think Shay recognized that that is not okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I'm just wondering, because I will tell you, I was very mean to, I, I have a specific memory. I was an only child for 13 years to put this into perspective. And I remember my mom, when I had a cousin, a second cousin who would come to stay with us every once in a while. And she's the sweetest thing. Her name is Julia. She, I still am in touch with her, but I don't see her very often. Anyway, she was a reader. She was a bookworm. She loved to read. Okay. I hated to read. And my mom, I just, I would notice that she would treat her in my mind. My mom would treat Julia differently and was, it would say things like Gina. Oh man, I wish you would read like Julia. And it pissed me off. So much. This actually goes back to what happened with Paige, how we were treating Cameron differently and it came out in anger with Paige. Um, I did the same thing and I was so mean to Julia. And I, when you say that story, I, I just, in the back of my mind, I wonder if there's something about this girl that Shay is jealous of or that she, maybe they're friends, but like the teacher treats her differently because, and like Shay is just trying to do something to get back at her and maybe not even realizing why she's doing it because she's jealous of her, but in a, not in a jealous way that you would think of like a high school jealousy, but I mean, there's something subtle that this girl, she, how she's getting treated differently. And Shay has noticed. I don't know. Cause that sounds like something that I, I was so mean to my cousin and I don't, I, I did things that I would never have fathomed. I think back and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I don't know. That's just the first thing that came to my mind. Interesting. No, that's helpful. Uh, I don't know that we'll fully <laughs> like understand. Maybe someday she can see me in here. But that was super alarming as as a mom yeah. and as a dietitian mom. I'm like, what? She's bullying kids out of her food. I mean, just all the overwhelming thoughts. It was it was a lot. It was a lot. The, and I think the food has nothing to do with it. I don't think that Shay really yeah. needed wanted that food. I just think that that's just another thing that she added to the what what she was the not I don't want to call it bullying but well I, I don't think that she was that I was bullying yeah you can sure you're the mom um but I think I don't think it had anything to do with the actual food I think that's just something oh yeah and by the way you know you're giving me your snack you know just I don't think it had anything to do with Shay actually wanting the food and in and feeling deprived you know because she yeah I don't I wouldn't look too much into that is what I'm trying to say okay in my opinion good well thanks. yeah <laughs> All right. How much do you think that you, and you kind of alluded to this, but how much do you think you track uh, your children's emotions or frustration or disappointment? And how do you deal with this? And does their response cause additional mob guilt? Oh my gosh. I would say my kids track my emotions and frustration and, and disappointment so much. Paige, I will say, is incredibly perceptive and good at reading people. It's almost scary. 
Uh, she can know my emotion without even talking to me. She can look at my face and know exactly how I feel. Although I will say, if you know me well, my face always gives away my emotions. So if you've known me for a while, you know that if I have any type of emotion going through my mind, it will display on my face. But Paige has learned to pick up on that. Uh, I, I also personally wear all my emotions on my sleeve and I don't hesitate to share how I feel at all ever. I would say that I'm an oversharer big time, uh, almost to a fault. I've never once locked up an emotion or a thought. Uh, so many times I will, like I said, make a face or have a sigh or say something that Paige will pick up on and she'll say something. And, and, and something I, I don't even necessarily mean for her to pick up on. I'll say something that I don't think that she's going to necessarily grasp the meaning of or even understand that the way I say it is actually in haste or what she, but she picks up on it and she'll say something like, I'm sorry, mom, or are you upset with me? And of course I automatically feel horrible. Uh, but then I remind myself that I'm trying to raise kids who are honest and who don't push aside their feelings, you know, or bundle them up. So I think it's good for them to see how open I am and how willing I am to disclose my big emotions and feelings and talk through them. So generally when they say something like, are you upset with me or I'm sorry, I, I recognize, okay, they they noticed something in me. So I'm not going to lie to them and say, no, 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 I'm not. I'm going to be honest with them. You know, I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm real pissed at you, Paige, but I'm going to explain, you know, yeah, you know, what you did just, you know, it just kind of made me a little bit upset and I kind of wish you would, you know, try it again, but in a, in a nicer way or whatever I would say. But I'm not going to, if she notices something on my face or the way I, I say something, I'm not going to lie to her and say, no, 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 everything is fine. Uh, Cause I want her to grow up being able to have the confidence to share her feelings and her thoughts. And um, again, not bundle them up and, and then get, you know, let them all explode later on. I think I have some family members who do that and I don't think that's good. So I'm trying to teach them just honesty and 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 how to, again, going back to handling emotions, how to handle them in a healthy way. And for me, that means talking about them um, to the people that I'm closest to, my therapist, but also my kids. Uh, so yeah, I think that, so yes, the answer to the question, they definitely track my emotions and frustrations and they have a good eye for it. And, and I'm always willing to tell them what's on my mind. Yeah. Similarly, I, I think both my kids pick up a lot on emotions and um, I know that I need to be more, much more aware of what I'm bringing home in terms of, and not just home. I mean, it can be, yeah, I, I, I have a Taekwondo example, I think that I'll, I'll use here, but um, I, I have just identified that I'm bringing the best parts of me probably to my to my work and to my friends and my kids have their best parts of them with their, you know, camp or school and then our nanny probably. And I I don't know in in one sense I've there's quotes out there that it's like the people who see your real self and emotions are the people that you trust the most um and that you don't show your, you know, all your colors, right, to the people who are you don't fully trust or and or are yeah. fully comfortable with. So and I guess in a good way, it's good <laughs> that yeah, I that could be good, I guess. Um, but I, I do feel like I come home a dumpster fire and my can kids can be too. And then it, it's almost just like gasoline on the fire. Uh one of the things that has frustrated me a lot with the girls is activities. Shay is very willing, okay, 
she thinks she's willing, she's wanting, not willing, she's wanting to try new things. Um, and we support her in signing up and getting her there and getting the equipment, whatever it is. And then if out of the gates, she is not as good as the other kids, or it's just if she comes across any type of adversity in in doing this new activity, she gets frustrated and immediately wants to quit. She like shuts down, physically shuts down. She just stands there like a limp noodle. Um, she doesn't participate. Uh, there will be tears sometimes. And I immediately go to this ragey place of that age appropriate. It is not an age appropriate response to start talking about commitment and money and, and like, you know, we're all here to support you. And I, I go to that like dark place of like, understand other people's positions here and that you got exactly what you want. And now you're not happy. Like I get, I go from like zero to a hundred with my rage around things like that. And I think it's because <laughs> We have like two to three hours together in the evenings. And I feel like if we're spending our time and like just dealing with her frustration, it's just I'm resentful of that. But she's seven, so I can't be. Uh, So I think my mom guilt really has to come from fine tuning my skills to be age appropriate um, expectations and accountability. Um, I have I think I'm doing that pretty well on the front end of of trying to help her understand if we sign up for soccer, we support you doing that. We will be there. This is an eight week commitment. So we will go for eight weeks. Do you understand? You know, like, and I think that that's something that's a little bit of an easier bite. Taekwondo has been a bit more of a challenge because it was a year long contract. Um, and we're getting ready to to switch her um, studios because one studio is extremely unreliable. I can't even tell you how many times we've showed up and the place is like closed. No communication. Mm. It's like 15, 20 minutes away. We, you know, design our whole evening and routine. And now, you know, gas being crazy high. Like we're spending time, money, energy, effort, all these things to get her there. It's extremely expensive. And then they're closed. I'm like, okay, this isn't mm. working for anymore. You want to talk about like flying off the handle at night. Like that is no way to spend your evening is like dealing with an organization's lack of communication skills and and just, or yeah, anyway, yeah. don't get me started. So we're getting ready to switch her studios potentially. And so I take her to a class this week. The instructor could not have been more welcoming and come on, you want to join us? And she didn't want to do it. And she's like, well, let's do it tomorrow. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not going to spend every single night, you know, hoping the wind blows the right direction so that you want to participate. Like, and so those are the types of frustrating situations. A lot of these like extracurricular type things. And Mark and I went on a walk this week and he just kind of like you were saying on the brag about your man episode, how Nick just has the right words at the right times for you. Mark said, you know, Nicole, it's curious that you know, Shay is always wanting to do certain activities and, you know, you're always willing to sign her up and, and all that. And he goes, you know, Piper, <laughs> Piper doesn't do anything, <laughs> so, which isn't entirely true. Piper has been involved in swim lessons and dance. Um, but yeah, in terms of like other sports and stuff, like Shay has been the one who's done it all. Piper has not shown interest and we haven't really like mm. held her to doing something. And he's like, that's just so interesting. I'm like, that's really good feedback for me because um, I think this is a good age for kids to be trying new things and just figuring out, do they have a thing that they kind of gravitate towards? So anyway, all this to say, uh, I think that age appropriate expectations and accountability and fine tuning that communication 
Um, and what that means is where I want to spend my time and energy and efforts. And I think that that's going to help reduce my mom guilt around a lot of these other things. Mm-hmm. I heard a little I bit have... of that in your response too. a little bit. Do you agree? I maybe I answered the question a little bit differently than you, than you did, which is totally fine. Uh, but yes. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I kind of, well, I didn't say, but when I fly off the handle and get frustrated by like Shay's response, like she immediately shuts down and starts crying. And then I get more upset. Like yes. Shay and I, I've always said that she and I are so similar and I've told her this and it's kind of funny because she gets it. I'm like, girlfriend, we are the same person and we are going to butt heads. Like it just, <laughs> but it's, she sees it. She does. She's smart. She sees it. But then in so many ways too, I mean, opposites as well. I mean, Paige and I are so different in so many ways and we butt heads. I mean, yeah. the, the perfect example. I mean, if I bring her to any, I, I hesitate signing her up for anything because I'm going to throw down $200 and she won't do it. She'll even say she wants to do it and then she won't when we actually get, get there. When it comes down to it, she just won't do it. And it's because she's scared. She has this social anxiety. So I feel guilty over being angry. You know, because I know it's not her choice. She wants to be in there. She so badly wants to go in, in there without hesitation, but she just can't do it. And I get so angry and it comes out and then she, you know, she'll say something like, I'm sorry. And then I feel so bad because I'm angry, but it's not her fault. And uh, and I'm not like that. So I can't empathize with her. Uh, I'm try, I try, I try so hard, but I, I can't, like, I've never been anything like that. I never was nervous to go into a class or, you know, be around a bunch of kids. I, I thrived, I feel like in that kind of setting, but she just isn't like that. And I get so mad. Uh, but I, I'm, I think also I get mad because I, every year I'm like, it'll get better. It'll get better. Not to say it hasn't gotten better. It has absolutely gotten better, but I, she still would prefer doing everything private, private, this private, that is it private? You know, are my piano lessons private? Yes. Do I have to do uh, a recital in front of other people? That's scary for anyone. I get it. But I'm like, yes, you might have to play in front of like four or five other people. Nope, not doing it. Nope. She just shuts down, which I know that's completely different than playing on a team sport, you know, going on stage and playing at a recital. I get that. But I asked her if she wanted to do tennis camp, how many other kids are going to be there? I'm just like, gosh, should I lie to her? And then when she gets there, you know, she'll be pissed or do I, I don't even know. <laughs> anyway, going off, oh, off subject. No, that's interesting. <laughs> I recently thought that about the girls dance recital because man, this theater was packed. I mean, it was a high school auditorium full, every seat full. And they just marched straight up there. I was like, okay. Yep. Like, oh, and Paige did that once too. Paige yeah, did that. I can't believe it. Sometimes she'll do things and I'm like, how did you just do that? But you won't yeah. go to, you know, a group tennis lesson. I don't know. Yeah, I, d- I just don't understand it. But the bright lights, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Well, we're, we're hinting at it here. But I mean, parenting, just an un- I'm just going unfiltered here. It, it can be downright miserable. No, not all the time and hopefully not often. But, Gina, we've, we've certainly talked about this a little bit off the show. And I have had similar conversations with friends, kind of like I alluded to earlier, Uh we some we went to lengths some of us to have kids and at times we resent the impact and implications being a parent can have on our lives and even saying that makes me feel a hint of guilt um you know knowing people in my life who are struggling with infertility and and what they would give right to be a parent um it can bring about all of this can bring about every emotion um and and just saying that agreeing with that acknowledging that 
Uh, there's so much to process. How does this land with you currently and in the past? Just this um, is the resent perhaps um, or or just feeling trapped if you by parenting for kids. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. resonate at all? Uh, yeah. And if you're a parent and that doesn't resonate with you, like I, wow, I think you're one in a million. Uh, and I truly believe that. So I, as, as much as I feel guilty about saying that, that parenting can be downright miserable. I mean, that's just a fact. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Uh, like I said, I don't ever hesitate feel, saying exactly how I feel almost to a fault. Uh, and I will say, for example, I find that, you know, after a long weekend, Colleagues will ask how my weekend was, and I tend to just go right to the negative because sometimes, not always, but sometimes it outshines the positive of my weekend. Uh, being a parent the last two years, especially I think I think since COVID, it's just been downright difficult at times and really horrible, actually, if I'm being honest. Um, and I'm really not ashamed or embarrassed to admit that. I would obviously not want my kids to hear that. Uh, and sometimes I'll make comments under my breath, but not meaning for my kids to hear it, but it's just like, oh, they're going to so-and-so's house, you know, oh, we'll have the whole house to ourselves, something like that. And, and Paige will just be like, oh, that's mean. And I think about it. I'm like, I, I don't mean for it to be mean. I, I didn't, I, I don't know. I, she, she just picks up on things. So she realizes that what I said was specifically the kids are going to be gone and then we're going to be having a blast in the house by ourselves, you know? And I didn't necessarily mean that per se, but maybe a little bit. Anyway, she picks up on all of that. I have friends currently with babies. And I will tell you, Nicole, I am very jealous of those friends. Looking back, I realize now how easy babies were. And of course, in the moment, babies, I, I was, it was horrible for me too at that baby stage. I mean, I was incredibly stressed and overwhelmed, had no clue what I was doing. Uh, looking back, I never would have imagined things getting more difficult than having babies. (laughs) But the truth is, and I think this is true, things rarely get easier when it comes to raising kids. You know, you talk to anyone and they say, oh, wait till they're teenagers or wait till they're, you know, you name it. Um, There will always be new hurdles to jump. We just need to work on handling life events better. And I say we, you know, as a nation, but also we as in Nick and I, um, because there will always be something to work through. And I truly believe that that's true. There's there's always something. It's a constant struggle and work in progress for us. And I think for most people, I've always said, uh, maybe I haven't always said this, but I'm going to say this now. I truly don't think I was born to be a mom. Uh, I always, mm, did I always want to be a mom? I think I always in the back of my mo- mind wanted to be a mom, but I, I'm not one of those people that was like, oh yes, yeah, she was born for this. And I know that. I know I have opportunities, but overall, I do truly believe um, I'm doing my best, not getting complacent. And I really think that's what matters. It's it's like any job when you when you find that you're getting complacent and not finding new challenges and doing new things, uh, creating new events, processes, it's probably time to move on. And I am not complacent in my mom uh, job yet. And I don't think I ever will be. I mean, let's be honest, we really can't become complacent, but I truly am actively working on doing better in the areas where I struggle. And I do, I'm very proud of that. Uh, And I will say one of my best qualities as a mom, in my opinion, is that I'm willing to have the difficult conversations and admit that life isn't perfect or easy, just like I said, and that I have opportunities. So just admitting that, I think I'm proud of myself for doing that. I, like I said, I talk about everything uh, and that's my therapy and what makes me a better person. And therefore, I believe a better mom and partner. So yeah, that was a, a kind of a long 
answer to not a simple question, but what about you? Yeah, parenting can be really hard. And I think perhaps for that reason, I I may lean on the extreme end of this and striking a, a good chunk away from my kids on not just like a a once in a blue moon, you know, kind of instance, but uh, kid free time. So book club, hockey, friends, date nights with Mark, one to two nights a week that I'm getting quality kid free time. And I have guilt over that, but I truly between it, one, not being parenting and two, knowing just who I am as a person, as an extreme extrovert, that is my recharge, right? Like that is how I fill my cup is time away from my kids um, or I shouldn't say away from my kids, but with people beyond my nuclear family. Yeah, that's that's really the the crux of it. Um, but that is imperative. And I know that as a mom, um, especially in the early days of like breastfeeding and diapers, I felt like I was the only one who could care for the girls or at least care for them the way that I wanted it done. Um, and I have a lot less of that now. And I would say that is circumstantial because we both have always worked full time, uh, at least for the most part. And, and we had childcare from those early on days. And we're incredibly comfortable being away from our children. And therefore, our children are incredibly comfortable being away from us. <laughs> and I guess I have some mom guilt about that because they're so independent. You said this earlier. And I think often that at five and seven, they should need me more. Um, so that's both a blessing and a curse, a definitely an emotional trap for me some. But I think it's important to find a balance with your partner or hired help or family or whatever it is to to get it, it to get what you need and to really fill your cup in whatever way that is going to help parenting not be so daunting um, at times. And it's almost like don't wait until you are just at your breaking point, but to build time, your time, your refill into your self-care. Like make that a priority and a routine, a habit. Um, Because we do, we need and deserve time away. And again, not just once in a blue moon when the stars align, but to really create that that space to recharge. Because in the end, it is going to help us be a better parent. I will say, while I do struggle um, at times with parenting, I don't reach those points of just like, I got to get away like this past week. Like that is a rare instant. I don't feel um, overwhelmed or burdened or any type of, I I rarely feel those overwhelming emotions. And it could be because I I do, I am away from my children quite a bit. So uh, I don't know. I I think it's hard. I, I have guilt that I'm not a bit more the other direction, but I think that I am a pretty calm enjoyable person for the most part for my children for the most part we we have our um our moments but i think the other thing too is this loss of identity that parents um and caregivers can really fall into and if maintaining a you right you are not your children your children are not you and so there has to be some separation there between activities um not spending every waking moment of every single day together, you lose who you are. And that can just be an overwhelming and sad place to be in and of itself. I don't know. Have you ever felt like you've lost identity as a mom? Like like you don't even know who you are anymore or not so much? I cannot say I really resonate with that. I, I've had other areas in my life where I've lost identity, but I wouldn't say as a mom, I don't know. If I really thought about that, maybe, maybe, I, but I can't, yeah. I can't resonate with that as much. 
That's good. Yeah, um, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that is good. Uh, when you're in these moments of parenting that are overwhelming, uh, we all have them, maybe moments of despair, what do you do and where do you turn? And what if you didn't have a partner, perhaps, or you were parenting as a single mom? Oh, man, I cannot even imagine that, I will say. Um, I, like I said in some previous questions, I've had a lot of these moments of overwhelm and guilt and despair. And and truthfully, like I said, having Terry in my back pocket, quite literally, even though I really wish she was actually in my back pocket, having her via text has been quite a lifesaver. And just having her, you know, available if I just need a quick one hour, 30 minute consultation is just so, so nice. And it, it might sound like we're trying to promote her services. I She did not tell us to say this. She just ends up coming up in all of our podcasts. Uh, but of course, if you're interested in using her, reach out to me. And then, of course, having Nick is is integral. Um, we'll walk through a situation and discuss how or what we could have do, done it differently to make it better. I'm very thankful that Nick is someone who's willing to talk and try to work through things. Uh, we'll talk about what we'll do next time if something similar happens again, just so we're si- sort of ready. Uh, if I didn't have a partner... I know it would it would lead to um, I would have to lean on more parents, and I already feel like I do that quite a bit. So I just can't even imagine how guilty I would feel about about that leaning on others. Uh, so right now it's mainly my parents, Nick's mom, uh, that we're leaning on. But I mean, I would feel like I would have to increase my tribe quite a bit if I didn't have a partner, and I would definitely probably have guilt again for that. Uh, I sometimes feel guilty letting my frustrations out around my parents because I know that they take it on as their own problems. Have you ever noticed that? Like, I'll mm-hmm. go to my parents with a parenting problem or an issue, or they'll just see it because they're in the room. And I, I can just read it on their face. They just, they take it on as their own. And I hate burdening them with that. And of course, there's more, more, more guilt there. But I would say if I was a single mom, I would definitely have to do that more. Um, and. I don't know. I had to learn to be okay with that. I, I can't even imagine being a, being a single parent. But you know, if I you you make everything work right, if you're in a situation and you got to do what you got to do, I'd make it work. What about what about you? I Mark is just so uh, he's just so practical and black and white, and he just makes every situation seem like, well, duh, this is what you do. First you do this, and then you do that. I'm like, you are so annoying. Like, That's there's like dad. He just siphons out every emotion from any problem and just yeah. solves it. Like, black and white, on paper, boom, 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 boom. First, the, And I'm like, yeah, no, I have way too much, like, <laughs> overwhelming stuff going on. To, and I appreciate that about him. Uh, so I know I can go to him and, and, and get that result. But I think where I probably turn more is my mom friends because they, they just get it a bit more than others in my life. And they may be in that same season and often in the throes of it too. As a friend, I think what I've started doing is being a bit more direct with my feedback because wise women in my life, as well as Mark have given me great feedback and that's in improving communication just to either just to air what's overwhelming or to make strides in finding relief or change. But I think sometimes I I guess what I'm saying is I'm getting away from just calling to be ITCH to be ITCH, but also but like to be to be that sounding board and to try and insert 
a bit of just feedback or recommendation because I think at least the women who are closest to me in their life in, in my life like I know really well like I I know quite a bit about their marriages or their circumstances in terms of whatever it is so I feel like I've got enough situational awareness to be offering some sound advice uh but sometimes it's like I'm not just going to tell you yeah it really sucks like sometimes I will but like Sometimes you have to hear like you got to help you got to do something to help yourself, right? Like let if this isn't working, you're you're maxed out. This like where's the life raft? Like we got to find it. Where is it at? Let's unbury it, right? Um because a lot of times it's not something that I can help with. Um yeah, I I don't know, but I I think women I definitely turn to in my life who I'm closest to and and certainly um Mark, I w- it's funny because you say that about your parents. I would say my parents don't really take on a whole lot of my issue, like my problems and issues. They're they're good listeners, um, but that's good. I mean, they're not burdening themselves with with what's going on with me because they're not here and they probably couldn't help. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think maybe that's part of it. You think it's because they live further away? I mean, yeah. My mom last summer when we were going through the trenches with Paige, I mean, she took it on viscerally. I mean, it was, you could just see it in her face that she was taking on my same pain and struggle. And I felt so guilty about that. And I shouldn't feel guilty about that. And think I, I should appreciate that, honestly, the fact that she, that's how much she loves me is that she felt that so deeply. Uh, but she was also here and she saw it and she saw what we were going through. So did my dad. I mean, I broke down to my dad which is not something I would ever do, but I just, and he took it on as well. And it, it's so meaningful, but I also did, you know, feel a lot of guilt about that. But if I told them that I felt guilt over that, they would just think I was crazy. They're just being a parent. And I'm sure we'll do the same thing with our kids. Yeah. Um, I will say too, something else that I I was kind of talking about our mom tribes and people who we go to for support, having colleagues at work to talk about these things with is just integral to my life. Uh, If I, you know, I have a couple of colleagues in in mind that I think about who have kids that are similar, similar ages as mine. And even if they didn't, even if they are just parents, you know, it's just someone to talk to at work. (laughs) It's just so, so nice. Uh, You just need a break, go to the coffee cooler or the, what do they call the, um, not the coffee cooler, cooler, water cooler. Yeah. Uh, And uh, just chat and let it all out. And it's just so nice and refreshing to have that, those colleagues in my life. I agree. My team is all women. So, um, and for the most part, uh, I think everybody's a mom almost at least. Yeah. Uh, all right. What about any, to kind of close us out here, any quotes, words of wisdom or experiences of working through a difficult situation that was laced with mom guilt that you have to like any advice or whatnot to share with listeners? Okay. This isn't a quote. This is what Terry taught us. She said, don't forget to use CPR. And that stands for compassion, patience, and respect. Oh man, I will tell you, I was, I went to Indiana with the kids about a month ago and within like an hour of being there, I text Nick and I'm like, what did I just do? And he said, Gina, just remember CPR. And it wasn't in a condescending way. I, I actually really appreciated that. It was a good reminder. I need to be compassionate for their emotions. I need to be patient through their emotions and respectful of what they're respectful of their emotions. Sometimes I'll have to just, okay, they get angry. And this is any kid over what seems like the most lame, ridiculous thing. You didn't put two pieces of chocolate on my, on my banana and peanut butter. You just put one and it's just ridiculous. But if you 
respect their emotion and kind of put yourself in their shoes and have empathy, it makes getting helping them get through that emotion a lot easier. So just having him reminded me of that CPR was so nice. And I had that on top of mind often. Um, also, one last thing, I have a coworker with a daughter the same age as Paige and with a similar temperament as Paige. And she always reminds me that our girls are, you know, I'll go to her with guilt um, about, you know, for example, I feel like she's not reading at all. She's not ever practicing anything school related with me. She never does any work. And I, it's ridiculous, the kind of guilt. Again, going back to that first question, she always reminds me that our girls are being taken care of at school and have teachers who will inform us if they're falling behind, which is a good reminder for me since I I always feel like my kids just need help to stay ahead. And so just having her put those words of wisdom and reminder in my mind, they're doing fine. They will be fine. If they're not doing fine, someone will let you know. It was just a good reminder for me. And I just appreciated that so much. Not that those ideas and thoughts still don't creep in me, but I just just always am reminded of what she said in that one moment, like Gina, they're going to be fine. You'll know if they're falling behind uh, and you'll get help when needed. So yeah. What about you? Uh, I like this one, but a quote, comparison is the thief of joy. I think that applies to your parenting approach skills, whatever you want to call it, as well as comparing your children to other children. Um, anytime you're making comparisons like that, it, it's just going to take away from, from the good that you can see. So try, we all do it. Uh, social media sucks for this, but uh, just really try not to compare. Uh, even, even marriages too. I mean, every just comparison is, is really not a good thing. Uh, quality over quantity of time. I, or, yeah, quality over quantity. I tell myself this all the time. And, and I think even though I wish I was with my kids more, um, I really do try and, and be present and I I'm learning about CPR. I, I didn't have an, an acronym for it. Uh, but I'm going to start to use that. I, I, this is such a dumb, dumb, dumb example, but it's a situation where I would normally get frustrated and perhaps like my kids would pick up on those emotions and it would kind of set the tone for their day or at least the next five or 10 minutes. We were getting in the car and both my kids are right-handed. So they like to sit on the left side of the car because they can pull the seatbelt over the boost, booster and then clip it in with their right hand. Does that make sense? Yes. So they never want to sit on the right side of the car because they basically have to use their left hand. Okay. So anyway, they fight over who's going to sit on which side. I shouldn't say that. It, it's it's really an issue, but it was an issue this this one morning. We happened to be running early. This is like a once in a lifetime opportunity for me to, to not be running late. So I just said, well, Piper, I said, honey, we're, you, you can't always sit on the left side of the car. So we have time this morning. I'm going to turn on the lights and we're going to take our time and you can, you can take your time clipping in. And it was just like, she like looked at me and she was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, like my cool collected response really dictated her response. And wouldn't you know, it took 20 seconds and she was able to do it. And there hasn't been a seatbelt issue since. Um, Now it's just been like a week, but still that's a situation where if I was running behind and circumstances were different or my response was different, it it wouldn't have probably resulted in something so, so small. So that was, that was just like such a stupid quick win, but it was when I was so present in that moment about being intentional with my words and actions uh, and it had a great result. Uh, But I think the other one, the last one is 
and Montessori taught, taught me this, but kids are just small developing people. They are very capable. And I think that they are also very adaptable and smart. And we, if we treat our kids like people and not children or less than, they are very able-bodied um, and willing and able to learn and grow and, and do different things and better and improve upon. And so I think if we kind of just look at them that way a bit more, like just that they're very capable people, just in smaller bodies, that that's a really good approach to have with kids. It, it takes a, a little bit of the the fun, cute kidness out of it. But I think that's a lot of the reason that um, my kids are just really independent. I don't know. There's so yeah. many mornings I get up in the and they're like downstairs. They've helped themselves to breakfast. They're sitting in front of the TV. They fed the dog. They've let the dog out to go potty. They're fully dressed. They brush their teeth. I'm like, wow, okay. Like, are you going off to college? I mean, you know, they just seem so prepared <laughs> for the world in a lot of ways, which is a beautiful thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's right. good. Whew. I'm sure we'll have another one of these uh, soon because yeah. there's always mom guilt, but hopefully, you know, through listening to us, you've maybe found some ways to handle it a little better and also be okay with mom guilt. I mean, we also, you know, mom guilt is, is very normal and we're all going to have it, but you know, we do our best to kind of get through those moments. All right. So coming up on July 10th, Nicole will be dishing with Colleen Christensen all on intuitive cooking and quote unquote, healthy ingredient substitutions and how those swaps jive with intuitive eating. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram and check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. And if you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, everyone, until next time, be well. And Nicole, talk to you soon. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>